Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad. Lean Green Dad Radio is brought to you by Health IQ. Now, we all know that we need life insurance, but some of us take better care of ourselves than others. In fact, some of you out there might even be avid runners or yogis or maybe you just really eat a well-balanced diet that's full of lots of fruits and veggies, nuts and beans and seeds. If this sounds like you, then you need to check out Health IQ. Health IQ has partnered with a handful of insurance companies around the country to help you get lower rates on your life insurance. Sure, eating a vegan diet makes you feel great and helps you lower your cholesterol and blood pressure, but now it can help you save money on your life insurance. Visit them online today at healthiq.com slash leangreendad and learn more about how you can reap the benefits of your healthy life by saving money on your life insurance for you and your family. Again, that's healthiq.com slash leangreendad to learn more about Health IQ. Everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey, everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. <laughs> From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the Hey guys, what's going on? I hope you're having a great week. My name is Corey and I am your podcast host. If this is your first time hearing us, then thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Like I said, my name's Corey. I'm a husband, I'm a father of three kids and a plant-based athlete. And each week I get to talk to the most inspiring folks that I can find to help keep me motivated to stay fit, eat healthy, and get the most out of life as a busy parent. See, for me, finding time to work out and make healthy, quick meals for me and my family, all while trying to spend quality time together, can be really difficult when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks, that you'll take away some quick tips or inspiration that you can use in your life to keep you and your family going strong. Now, today's episode is actually episode 100. It's a big one, folks, because we have a huge guest, one of my favorite guests on the show. I'm so excited because I had the, the honor to meet Mick Foley and his daughter, Noelle, at an event uh, with my nonprofit partner, Culture City, last year. Guys, I got to tell you, Mick Foley is an awesome human being. He's so down to earth and just such a wonderful person. I can't say enough about how great he is. I mean, he's just stopping all the time to talk to fans and just really wonderful. In addition to being a great husband, father, and uh, immortal wrestling superstar, He also cares very much about his health. In fact, a while back, he decided he needed a change and started eating better. Now, what did he eat? What did he do to drop some weight? Well, we'll talk about all that. But the significance of this episode number and the changes that he made ended up helping him lose over 100 pounds. Yeah? You're seeing a slimmer, more lean Mick Foley up there on uh, WWE Raw as the current GM when we recorded this episode. So I'm really excited for you to hear the podcast. I want to get right into it. So ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only hardcore legend, WWE Hall of Fame superstar, multi-time best-selling author, stand-up comic, spoken word performer, and most of all, a dad, Mr. Mick Foley. All 
right, guys, welcome to the show. The man that is with us today really needs no introduction because he is the man himself. We are talking about the current GM of Raw, WWE Hall of Famer and hardcore legend. You guys know who he is. It's Mick Foley. Welcome to the show, Mick. Well, I th- thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, I don't I do not do many of these. So this is my first podcast in a while and uh, really my first in-depth discussion on uh, health and nutrition. So I appreciate you, uh, your interest. And I told you to wait until I passed like a, you know, um, a big marker, a big milestone. And you did that. And here we are uh, to talk about it. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Uh, you know, whether it's holy Foley or flying out a little all over the place for the WWE. Um, and you know, I know your family's very important to you too. So thank you for taking the time to, to talk with me today. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. We were supposed to do it last night, and I was like, wait, hold on, it's my son's birthday, and now uh, in the Northeast, we're, we're facing some, uh, you know, possibly some extreme weather, and I kept on saying, hold on, give me another 15 minutes, I need to go shopping, so oh, uh, all good. try to make the wait worth it for you, Corey. It is, it is, and, uh, you know, it is episode 100 of Lean Green Dad, which is completely appropriate, because from, you know, what I've seen, obviously, on Raw, we've seen a slimmer version of Mick Foley, and uh, I'm sure people are kind of wondering what's going on. Let Let's talk about this. What What's going on, Mick? Have you Have you changed something? What What is the the difference here? Yeah, I I finally realized uh, it's about a little over a year ago, thirteen months ago, that uh, I had someone come and start working with me, exercising, and uh, my kids think she's a pain in the neck. Her name is <laughs> Avril. Uh, and I'll get back to the importance of having a pain in your neck in a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> but she did, she, she had, uh, I hadn't seen or heard from her in 32 years since I was in high school. And then I got a friend request on Facebook and I saw that she was a yoga instructor with, uh, an emphasis on, um, what was it constructive exercise or, okay. um, reconstructive exercise, something along those lines. So I just jokingly said like, Hey, any hope for me? And she took it really seriously. She was like, hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. And got back to me and had watched uh, videos of me walking and hadn't even known I was a wrestler until five years earlier when I was a retired wrestler at that point. Sure. And so uh, she got back to me. And she said, I can help you get moving if you're willing to work at it. So uh, she came to visit her mother last December and uh, spent a week with us. And uh, she's pretty, she was pretty pretty tough on me. In addition to the, you know, the, the stretching and the yoga and basic Pilates moves, uh, she was right. Kind of reinforcing a lot of the things about nutrition that I already knew. And I think in some sense, you know, you really need people around you. It's, it's not like one sledgehammer blow. I think it's like a little, can you see my, a little ball paint? Oh, that's not the best motion to be making. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody can see you. It's just a podcast. So that's good. Oh, okay. Little ball peen uh, <laughs> hammer, you know, blows like kind of tap, tap, tapping. Uh, I think I used the same the same uh, um, example when I was talking about my conscience when I just finally started decided to start uh, sponsoring kids around the world in 1992. It's like a little tap, 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 and all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'll do it, I'll do it. So uh, I started exploring some of the things she was talking about, and I kind of had the uh, had that positive reinforcement there and uh, 
just started doing a lot of things that made sense. Like if I, and the nice thing about it, if somebody's listening at home and especially if they tended to be heavy or have tended to be heavy throughout their lifetime, like, I think I broke this cycle. Now I have to work on it, you know, for a lifetime. I think that's part of the challenge is, is accepting that it's a lifestyle change, like a lifelong commitment to changing the way you live as opposed to a temporary diet. Right, uh, right, which and, are very uh, hot right now at the beginning of the, the new year, everybody with their resolutions Yeah, everyone wants stuff. to shed 20, yeah, 20 or 30 pounds. And uh, I, one of the things I had working against me is that whenever I would lose weight uh, for wrestling, it was always with a specific goal in mind. It was like, all right, I need to get in shape for this match, especially when I started having comeback matches. Like I, at one point, I did lose 60 pounds to wrestle Randy Orton in 2004. But never for a moment did I consider that what I was doing was something that I would continue <laughs> after that moment, you know, we uh, we had the match. Like, it was back to the old habits, and within, you know, three years, I'd put it all on, uh, and then some. And, you know, unfortunately, it was weighing in, you know, on the positive side of uh, <laughs> the of 300 for most of the last 15 years. Wow, and, and a lot of it was north of 320, and 338 was uh, about my high, and that's where I was last December 4th when I decided to make a change. Wow, and here we are, we're a year, a year plus later, and you know it is episode 100, so I got to tell people you're down 100 pounds. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, 100 big ones. That's uh, huge. Congratulations. I mean, that is a massive deal, a, a huge deal. Congrats on that. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, again, the key is to do the things, uh, take the steps that will uh, help me keep that off. Yep. Uh, 80 was the original goal. And then I think, you know, once you get to 80 and hit that goal, it's like, you know, why not? Yep. 100 is such a such a, it's a better figure. So uh, well, even if I even if I, I end up, you know, staying at that 80 pound mark. Uh, I think that's a pretty, uh, it's a really healthy change and, um, something that I can stick with because I really, I enjoy, I enjoy this healthy stuff, Corey. Yeah. It, well, and you look great. Your energy's great. I mean, we got to see each other at uh, culture cities event, uh, in Alabama, you know, several months back and it was wonderful to see you, you know, asking me about vegan protein powder and, and where you could find it. I mean, are you incorporating a lot more plant-based foods, a lot of fruits and grains and, uh, you know, whole proteins into your diet. I mean, what what is the biggest thing with the with the plant based stuff that that you've learned that's really helped you? I think what I learned, especially uh, after talking with you, and I talked to one of the other wrestlers, and he was you know talking about the sprouted seeds, and that was like a foreign language for me. I had no, mm -hmm. I like, I just didn't know how I could you know utilize that in a way that was uh, uh, practical for me. And then when you, when I talked to you uh, at that point, I really thought soy, you know, soy, you know, powders, tofu was like the only way uh, you could get your uh, your plant based proteins. And after talking to you, I was like, wow, there's a whole <laughs> the whole world out there. And uh, so I'd say I've got like five plant based protein powders alone. You know, I've got a pumpkin seed and uh, something that the. Uh, uh, the organ, uh, the, the organ powders, which just taste too good to be, you know, <laughs> healthy. Like, <laughs> they're really delicious. Uh, yeah. 
the Garden of Life has something, you know, that tastes a little, you know, the raw stuff where you're like, okay, you know, this tastes healthier because it, you know, it's, it's got a little bit more of that natural feel. And then there's some stuff, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the people who do it. They, they did the, uh, I could just run upstairs and get a bar. Um, is it Vega? They, is they it the Vega the bar? Vegan, the, they did the paleo diet. And okay. so their, their uh, vegan is called, uh, uh, I think it's called Pegan, P-E-G-A-N, okay. the bars and the powders. I, I like the bars quite a bit, and uh, but the powder, there's no question when I'm stirring that up and drinking it down that I'm doing something healthy because there's no, <laughs> there's no disguising it as like a, a comfort food uh, oh. or something that tastes delicious like the Orgain. That's the same thing I do with like a wheatgrass shot in the morning. It's like it, it tastes like health. That's what my wife always says. This tastes it tastes like health, you know. And I think that's I think you need that though. I think you need yeah. a little bit of that. I mean, of yeah. course, it's great to have delicious uh, meals, uh, but there's something about a little bit of suffering that I think you need to incorporate. <laughs> and if uh, and if it's wheatgrass or if it's uh, you know vegan protein powder, I don't think that's asking too much. Exactly. Well, you know, on the road, obviously, when you were, you know, wrestling full time, I mean, I've worked with the WWE before in other lifetimes as an event planner and stuff. And those guys, I mean, holy cow, they are on the road. What is it? 352 days a year or something like that? Well, maybe not that may, you know, when I was on the road, the I would say you're counting your travel days close to 300 days. Um, but it's, you know, even, even the little bit I'm on the road now is a three day a week, uh, commitment and that can mess you up, you know, when you're going into different time zones and, um, it's really difficult for guys to, uh, stick to their diets. They do, they do an amazing job. They they really do. Um, but I was a guy with a completely different body style, um, and a wrestling style. And so for years, you know, I was like the exception to the rule. And when I did start to shape up, like I'm talking about getting down like right around 300, that's about when people would start to notice. And then they'd be like, hey, you know, you're, you're going to kill your gimmick. That's, you know, wrestle speak for, <laughs> I think it speaks for itself. Yeah. And then I would get all these mixed signals. Like I would get these uh, uh, kind of mental images that, okay, this is getting healthy is bad for my, you know, my image. Yeah, uh, it, it, people don't want to see me that way, and I think in a way they were just like um, kind of crutches that I was leaning on. Uh, it was usually about at the twenty pound mark that people would start to notice, and uh, and so it was really difficult to to get past that hump, you know. And so I'm thankful that this time out, it was about. I'd say I was so heavy, 338, that I had a you know a sliding scale where people were used to seeing me anywhere from 300 to you know close to 340. So it wasn't until I'd already lost about 35 pounds that anyone started taking notice. And uh, by then I was really caught up in you know not only the exercise and incorporating some of Diamond Dallas Page's DDP yoga and uh, sure. some swimming, but I actually I think the big difference is I wasn't just choking down like some you know, protein powders and uh, things that I knew I couldn't maintain, but that I was really, you know, enjoying, uh, especially the green, you know, this is the lean green dad, right? So, uh, oh, right. uh, the green stuff. Yeah. I, I was, I just went shopping as part of the, you know, like I mentioned, the reason I was late. And I was in that produce aisle, like, like 
a kid in the you know in the cereal section or the candy section like oh they've got brussels <laughs> brussels sprouts and what organic green beans like just thinking of all the things that i could throw into those mixtures uh, uh a great book that uh vegan wrestler daniel bryan suggested to me uh recommended to me is called uh, how not to die and uh dr gregor right yeah that's it yeah mm-hmm. and uh you know once you get past the title it's really just a practical way of being as healthy as you can and learning that a lot of the uh, uh, chronic illnesses are caused by, you know, aided at least by, uh, you know, our obesity epidemic. Uh, and he was somebody who really, he, he made it sound so appetizing to just throw stuff on greens. And so that's what my daughter and I have been doing. Like we go shopping and we get the, you know, the garbanzo beans and the kidney beans and some walnuts and throw some, you know, some other vegetables in there, fairly healthy, uh, um, uh, dress, you know, a little bit of dressing. And, uh, and when you find yourself craving greens, I think you, you've, you've got the it. battle. <laughs> yeah, the battle is, battle's largely won. So when you're when you're on the road and when you are doing those three days a week, what is the what is the go to food for you? What is the thing that really helps you get along? Do you have like cashews or a trail mix with you, or do you just shake up a smoothie in a, sh- a shaker cup, or what's the thing that keeps you going? A little bit, a little bit of the above. Um, I do, you know, I'll get the, you know almonds or walnuts. Uh, I haven't had the ca- I haven't brought the cashews out or the trail mix, um, and I do pack those. Um, those pegan bars along with a couple other, uh, plant-based, uh, uh, protein bars. Um, is it day glow? Um, they huh. make a cookie dough and a peanut butter. My wife loves the, uh, cookie dough. I can get a name for you in a little bit. Um, and then I'll, you know, bring the, uh, I'll, I'll bring the garden of life. Uh, it, you know, I'll bring some things in packets usually because, uh, there's something about airports and security, Right. And me, that leads to, you know, <laughs> scanning and checking. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I think I'd rather have a Big Mac than go through this search search thing again. Oh, uh, no. No, not that bad. Maybe not that bad. But, uh, yeah, I, I pack some healthy stuff. And then um, one of the, you know, I think one of the habits I got into that was really beneficial was just going to a grocery store in town, you know, might, it might take you 10 or 15 extra minutes as opposed to driving through a fast food restaurant. And then, you know, getting uh, like the, the really good, uh, organic green drinks and, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of healthy snacks, you know, maybe treating myself to one of those little packets of, you know, maple peanut butter or something or sure. almond butter. And, uh, and finding that there was like, you know, quite a bit of joy in, eating well and especially Uh in feeling good you know i think that's uh that's another thing it's hard to be all over the board but um especially if someone's listening and they're not you know and they're tuning in to hear me and they're not a a, you know um regular on the 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 lean green dead program um i think identifying the way that you feel after you eat certain foods and then realizing that it's not something you should be repeating you know and I'm, I'm just thinking in general uh you know i loved pasta and i was always you know i made a decent pasta pasta and uh can you still see me yeah i can still see you all right 
pretty good picture quality. It's too bad you guys are just listening. I got a Christmas tree in the background too. Oh, it's, uh, we it's are beautiful. technically in the Foley Christmas room here, Corey. Oh, we'll um, use it. We'll use it to promote the podcast. We'll use yeah, some of your, yeah, some of your sound short bites. Short haircut too. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I saw that on Raw the other day. Yeah, and clean shaven on the sides there. Yep. Yeah, I've got a year <laughs> year to work on my uh, my look uh, <laughs> as an ambassador for the guy in red. In case any of the kids are listening. Oh yeah, that um, whole room. That whole room is very impressive. We'll have to yeah. talk about that in a second. Yeah, go, we sure will. Go back to your I'll, pasta. You were talking about your pasta. Yeah, I, then I realized, man, I feel bad after I eat these big meals, like really bad. And because I was a big meal guy, it took a lot of pride, as a lot of men do, in how much they could eat. Uh, I realized I was spending a lot of downtime just asking my body to digest these massive quantities of food, usually with a lot of animal protein involved. And uh, uh, I think... You know, the guys who are who are vegans or vegetarians or just or just in general eat healthier say that, you know, 10 years ago, it was really hard to eat healthy on the road in a, in a plant based lifestyle and that it's much easier now. Not only is it easier, but it's less frowned upon so that, uh, you know, I'd say a lot of guys are cutting back on their animal proteins. And I'm down, uh, you know, maybe 80, 90 percent from what I used to uh eat and i feel a lot better most of the time well you know in dr gregor's book he talks about you know and the china study you know done by dr colin campbell i mean they they talked about how much meat you should have and it's between you know it's it's supposed to be lower than five percent is really all your body needs to not have the negative effects of it you know we're talking about the saturated fat we're talking about the carcinogenic qualities of it and that kind of thing uh, but you know, there's tons of plant-based sources out there. So the fact that you and a lot of the other WWE superstars, I mean, they're, they're taking notice of this and, and they're incorporating it into their lives, especially on the road. And like you said, it is easier than ever to find these products. It's, it's not as hard as it was even just four or five years ago to be vegan or plant-based. So it makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and, you know, not that I want to cause arguments, um, uh... But I think most people listening to your show are going to be on on our side anyway. But it's kind of nice knowing that nothing needs to die, you know, to uh, to energize your body. Like, yeah, you used to take is it? Well, it's something's got to happen. Well, it doesn't really have to happen, and it's a lot healthier, I think, for the ecosystem when it doesn't happen. If you know anyone that disagrees, they probably haven't driven past a huge factory farm of cattle in mm. Texas. And you just smell it for mi- miles, you know, animals just, you know, ankle deep in their own waste. And uh, and I'm thinking, we're going we're gonna to eat this stuff? And, you know, yeah, that's what we do. Uh, and so I think uh, I really liked uh, the point in the book where um, in the book How Not to Die, where he said, you know, one of his you know clients said, but I don't know if I can ever like give up my my aunts like. Uh, chicken soup and he was like well don't you know like <laughs> just, right if that's what you love then then have that chicken soup and just find ways to cut down so uh yeah that's that's what i've done you know like if i go to catering in wwe like the uh uh the plant the, the animal protein will always be my last choice but it doesn't mean that i don't occasionally have something right. and uh when i do hit texas i will grab a uh a double meat whataburger uh, if I feel like I've been <laughs> behaving properly. Well, it's a cultural thing. You have to. I mean, it's a cultural thing, right? 
It is, but you know what, Corey? <laughs> when I hit the the uh, the eighty pound mark, I learned a lesson there too. It's like I hit the eighty pound mark. I weighed in for Mister McMahon at two fifty eight, and then uh, he was very proud of me. And then I went to catering and just like I, I don't know, I don't know. It was an experiment and like <laughs> masochism. But I just, oh no, I just loaded up on so much terrible stuff, thinking that I deserved it. And then that night, I drove by the Whataburger. Uh, you know, I think it was in Houston. And two weeks earlier, I'd been in Corpus Christi, and I'd turned it down because I wanted to make that, uh, you know, the eighty-pound mark. I said, "All right, I'll get one. Uh, if I if I hit my mark, I'll reward myself with a Whataburger." And even though I uh, had behaved improperly at catering. I think I learned a valuable lesson because I was working on a little Santa memoir and wanted to get some writing done that night. And I realized while I was on the drive through line that if I had that double meat Whataburger, I was going to be so lethargic and I was going to be asking so much of my body to break it down that I really wouldn't be able to think properly. And so even though it was a bad night for me at catering, by getting off the line, which was almost unthinkable, Amazing. you know, would have been unthinkable a year earlier and thinking like, all right, how badly do I really want that? What's it going to make me feel like? And is it worth it? And it was like, no, I don't need it that bad. Uh, it's going to make me feel terrible. I'm not going to be able to write. And uh, it's going to mess my body up for, you know, a few days. And uh, so I think there's a valuable lesson learned there. And, uh, 10 weeks later or whatever it was eight weeks later when I, when I dropped that other 20, uh, I was going to reward myself at catering. And then I thought, you know what? Like, uh, I'm going to probably enjoy a couple of nights, you know, over the holidays with my family. And if I have the choice between enjoying like some gingerbread cookies that my son baked or eating, you know, pies and cakes with the wrestlers and catering, I think I'm going to wait a week, you know, and, yeah. uh, and I did, you know, I mean, I, we, we went out, I, I didn't go out. I ordered the same like handmade candy canes that my dad used to, uh, uh, get for us and it reminded us of him being around and the family right. Christmases and like, those were good calories to waste. Right. Uh, uh, so I think, you know, everyone's got to make their own, uh, their choices and then hopefully you make, uh, you make far more good choices than you do poor ones. And over the course of time, um, it really makes a difference. Yeah. I think the body is pretty forgiving about what you do some of the time. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's more about what you do all of the time or most of the time. And yeah, yeah. And that, I, that was really hammered home in, uh, in that, in the book, you know, the doc, I mean, you know, the doctor, I just know the, yep. name of the title, yep. how not to die. And that was one of the things that was really reassuring was it wasn't like in some, some diets are so, so foreboding that you know you can't stay on them. And this was like, as long as you make the right, yeah, I can make the right decision most of the time. Uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of, you know, enjoy those days when I don't. But I, you know, I won't say days, instances, because uh, the problem with the cheat day is that my cheat day would often start at a certain time zone in the South Pacific. <laughs> and, and oh yeah, I would start six hours before the day and end at like eleven fifty nine. So it was like almost like Santa's trip around the world that it actually took thirty seven hours instead of uh, unbelievable. Now, now, but but what happens is that you get back on. I mean, I think you've got a really healthy mindset about this because 
there's a lot of folks in my space that are extremely, you know, rigid. It's like if you if you deviate from this, then you lose your vegan card or you lose your healthy card. It's going to be revoked if you, you know, eat a bag of, I don't know, I had a friend that ate a bag of Doritos once and he's like, oh man, I just got off track and I couldn't get back on. But how do you jump back on once you kind of divert for a little bit? Is it your body feels it and it's kind of reminding you that hey that remember how this feels this doesn't feel yeah good. yeah yeah that's it in a way you know uh like i've i'm at a little crossroads i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be successful here but my body's been telling me the last few days hey knock it off you know we'll get back to the way you were this past year because we like you that way and uh and i just um you get more done during the day when i'm uh, when I'm fueled by uh, by the good stuff, you know, got com- almost completely off uh, the the uh, uh, the energy drinks. Uh, that was uh, Avril told me there were like four things I had to give up in life: uh, energy drinks, donuts, Valveda cheese, and something else. Uh, and so I had been like a two or three energy drink a day guy, and wow. I kind of really needed that just to get by. Sure. And I found that when I ate healthy, I didn't really need that, and I also found that you know, what had become almost, uh, you know, a reliance on the over-the-counter uh, acid reflux medications was no, was no longer necessary because I, you know, I wasn't burping. Uh, uh, fart levels were way down. Awesome. That's always a good thing. <laughs> what they had been. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it was, you know, my body's way of telling me that uh, I got far more done when I went healthy. And like I said, like I actually found myself find myself craving good stuff so uh what are you looking at huey you can vouch that dad likes the good stuff these days right <laughs> yeah i guess so I, yeah we actually uh, i went and did the little shopping and I, oh and another healthy tip is uh and it's i think it's largely true is you know you hit that supermarket even if it's not you know you know whole foods or trader joe's or something that caters to a healthier lifestyle you can still, if you hit the two aisles to the left and two aisles to the right and skip the entire rest of the supermarket, you're probably going to come out of there all right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes uh, shopping much simpler, much quicker. Um, and I, uh, I find I don't miss uh, uh, most of that stuff that you, you know, would, would you know, subject your body to in the middle of the store. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. Yeah, stay towards the outside. I've heard that before too, so that's good stuff. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about being a dad because I know that's so so very important to you. I mean, whether it's you know you see it coming through on Holy Foley every now and then, uh, but really in in getting to talk to you for quite a while, you know, at the Culture City event, like I said, it's it's really awesome to see how much your family means to you and how you just have so much love for them and I, I don't know how you did it i mean you, you have an amazing wife that held down the fort for you probably when you were on the road but what what is what does family mean to you and and how do you prioritize them in your life with so much going oh, on? oh yeah it's, it's hard um uh i had a a fifth character um i have a fourth character i guess now i've got a, other characters but at the time i had three wrestling characters <laughs> Uh, mankind cactus jack and dude love and I, and I wrote about the fact that my fourth character was actually like he was the big you know the greatest superhero of them all he was super dad and uh, he was the guy that was always on the earliest flight home 
you know, that uh, went out of his way, especially on that first day to do his, you know, create the illusion that I was doing as much as possible. Like maybe I overdid it in a sense, you know, as, as far as taking my kids too many places. But uh, uh, I really wanted to um, take advantage of all the time that I was home. And then I was like one of the few guys who would regularly bring his kids on the road. I know that uh, uh, WWE put out a very nice DVD set called For All Mankind, and one of the wrestlers um, mentioned that he wished he'd done that. You know, he looks back 20 years later, like, why wasn't I doing that? Why wasn't I turning my road trips into family trips the way that Mick did? And uh, that's something I got from my dad. It wasn't until my dad passed away and my brother gave a nice uh, speech in his honor and said that my father somehow, talking about my grandfather, talk about my father uh somehow made uh trips to detroit michigan seem like prime family <laughs> oh wow vacation destinations my dad was an athletic director so he'd go to like the national conferences and somehow my, <laughs> like, we're going to detroit and uh, so we never got to go to disney world you know when i was growing up but boy, by golly you know we went to detroit and we went to indianapolis and we saw the final four a couple times and uh and he was a guy that worked some incredibly long hours, but always found a way to uh, incorporate uh, me and my brother into, uh, you know, his routine. And so I, I did the same thing with my kids. Unbelievable. And I'm sure they loved it. Do they remember? I mean, I don't know, Huey and all the kids. I mean, do, do they remember back in the days? I mean, of course, there's famous shots of them like crying when you're getting just destroyed <laughs> in the ring and everything. But... I Not mean, just you, destroyed by anyone, destroyed uh, by The Rock. That takes uh, oh, oh, please. added the, significance. The, yes, the, the Rock video is, is the, probably the most famous debut uh, by your kids, for sure. But um, God, And how old was Noelle during that? Noelle was, I think, five. That was uh, 99. She, she was five. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Dewey my goodness. was seven, and uh, yeah, things got a little out of hand. And this is after The Rock had spoken to the kids and said, you know, your dad's a good friend of mine. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> and uh, that just went all the, out the window the, that when that first chair shot came crashing down on my head. Oh. Um, he's a strong man, that Dwayne Johnson. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Little every bit. ounce of it was in those uh, chair shots. How many shots was it, Mick? Ten? It was 11. Oh. Yeah, mine goes to 11. Me and Nigel Tufnell have that in common. Oh. Uh, and now, fortunately, you know, uh, WWE sports entertainment is something we can change the nature of in a much simpler way than say a sport like soccer can where one fundamental rule change say it's the uh, you know the absence of the header would just you know you kind of destroy the, the entire sport <laughs> um, and uh, man I got a lot of uh, really um, negative feedback when I uh, posted something from the sports legacy uh, foundation about, you know, trying to hold off on the header until middle school. And man, a lot of that, uh, love I thought I had just disappeared in an instant, but, oh, uh, geez. uh, but you know, in, in WWE, we can make changes like that just to kind of outlaw those things. And, uh, we learn from our mistakes the same as we do in other, uh, areas of our lives. Absolutely. So I know you do a ton of charitable work. Uh, one of those we mentioned before, uh, you were honored last year with Culture City. Talk, talk about what, what giving back means to you in nonprofits, uh, just working with all the organizations you work with. Yeah, well, 
you know, I think in a selfish sense, we do things that make us feel good. And so I, I do it, you know, I do, I feel, you know, I, I love, I love helping. I love the way it makes me feel. Um, but in a, and I'm much more, um, uh, pure sense, like it really just feels like the right thing to do. Uh, this little memoir that I was working on was about my, um, my, uh, you know, years in the red suit as helping Santa out. And I it talked about how, uh, my second appearance, I went from seeing 20 kids at, a uh, uh, Santa's village in Jefferson, New Hampshire, 20 or 30 kids over the course of two hours. And my next um, appearance in the red suit was in front of thousands of people on WWE television, millions, you know, thousands of people live, millions of people, uh, on TV. And so I got it in my head for that, you know, for that year that this is what I do. Like I, I, right after that tribute to the troop show, I was on WWE raw in the red suit. And I thought, wow, this is a, this is, this is what I do. You know, I'm seen by millions on TV live by thousands. And it was just over the course of like the last, you know, this nice little story arc where I came to learn that it's not about, uh, it's not about the number. Uh, and in a strange way, I might not have time to explain how Nora Jones enters this picture, but I, <laughs> I have this, uh, <laughs> like a, hold on. I'm going to take a little tour of the Foley. Uh, you can't even see. Is it we're even worth going on a tour of the Christmas room? We can, as long as the internet connection stays. I'll be happy right, as long as the internet connection stays. So, <laughs> all right, so this is me. Uh, you can see, uh, whoa, it's knocked. It's uh, the walls there, Foley portrait. Unbelievable. So, and then Nora is actually the only famous person in uh, who's uh, on the walls at all. And there's a little thing. You can see this picture made. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, let me see the. Can you read the writing? Uh, it was it was for I don't know surreal survival. What is surreal? This? You have to read it to me. Oh, can you read it there? Yeah, go for it. No, it it was so it surreal. It was so surreal. He looked so real. Mick is Santa. Oh my goodness! And um, that was because uh, I had walked in late to one of her shows. My friend was playing bass for her, and I was Santa. And uh, and had no idea until seven months later that <laughs> that uh, my um, my uh, uh, appearance had had any kind of effect on her. And I thought to myself, oh, I think I just made her feel like a little girl, you know, Aww. like a child. And um, and so that reaction from her really opened up my mind to the idea that it wasn't it wasn't the number of people, but the quality of the, uh, uh, interaction. And so, uh, this, you know, the, the story kind of ends last year when I'm on my way back from, um, uh, a visit on Christmas Eve and, uh, my son Huey and I, um, as Santa and his elf had had this great interaction, you know, where the parents actually wake up the kids and then, uh, you know, Santa, or Santa's helper kind of puts on a little performance with his back turned to the audience. It's pretty magical. Trust me. It's, you know, and if, uh, anyone liked, you know, the, um, level of commitment that I had in my matches, they can just guess that I have that same level of commitment <laughs> when it comes to making these appearances. And, uh, 
on the way home, Huey, I said to Huey, I said, wow, I just I feel like I just had a huge pay-per-view match. And he said, but dad, there are only three people there. And I said, oh. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's about creating something. And, uh, I know like in that case, that was not a charitable, uh, I've, well, I've, it's the only person I've ever charged to be, uh, wear the red suit is Mr. McMahon because he's, you know, he's doing okay. <laughs> and if I, if I've been on his show wearing the red suit, I have no problem with that. But, um, yeah, each December I try to just work that entire month and, uh, do as many events as I can. I'm a Santa for a, a group called, um, um, a Christmas magic was served, which serves the thousands of kids, um, living in, uh, homeless shelters and transitional housing, foster homes and sober houses and things like that on long Island. And I have a couple other, uh, you know, uh, organizations, one called share the voice that provides, uh, adaptive tricycles for children and adults whose, uh, you know, mobility is very limited. And I find through doing these things, yeah, then I uh, am able to like really create joy, uh, and that it's in some ways a year-round thing for me because I, you know, I start you know like this mm-hmm. every December twenty-sixth, and then we grow it out and uh, create the best uh, experience possible for uh, the families. And uh, I found this year that I really feel like all the years that um, I spent participating with WWE and, you know, with Make-A-Wish and other wish-granting organizations and spending time with uh, kids who are facing, you know, unique and life-threatening challenges that, like, I feel really comfortable in those situations. And then then you put the red suit on, and it's a weird thing that people, um, um, uh, they sometimes feel like the very best part of themselves Mm-hmm. comes out when that suit goes on and uh so the visits i had with children in the hospitals were just they were they were really they were wonderful to the point where i'd get a text message from the parents and on a couple occasions i had to pull over like because i get you know i granted you shouldn't be reading text messages at a stoplight anyway but uh i had to pull over because they were really emotional really powerful you know and i i would ask if i could take a screenshot to remind me, you know, about the, the bigger picture. So I think all of us have, have, um, unique gifts that we can bring. And, um, I think the, um, the trick is finding out at an early enough age that the world doesn't revolve around us and that, um, you know, we can help a lot of people if we try. Well, you're quite a different celebrity than I think anyone understands. And, uh, you know, they, they can hear it from you just talking to me right now. But, you know, again, getting the chance to know you for those few days, you're the real deal, Mick. I, I really, I'm amazed by, I, and I've seen you interact with fans. Uh, I've seen them walk up to you and ask for autographs and recognize you from across the street and walk all the way over. And you're so patient and so kind. And on behalf, you know, on behalf of the entire WWE universe, I, I want to say thank you to you because not only have you changed the lives of these, you know, young kids that have grown up watching you as fans, but now here you are having a positive impact on the world, whether it be through the diet that you're eating or through giving back to these kids, uh, you know, in the red, in your red suit, or just anything, you know, and being a great role model for fathers everywhere. So, uh, you know, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to me. And uh, what, what's next? What's what's the next thing? 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, we've got WrestleMania around the bend. Yes. Um, You're coming to my hometown. You're coming to Orlando. That's right. Yeah, that should be a great experience. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. The Royal Rumble before that in January. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an adventure every time I go out there on the road. I get to work with Stephanie McMahon as my uh, commissioner, and <laughs> yeah. uh, we we enjoy working together. I'm sure I will be fired in some type of hideous way uh publicly <laughs> and yeah i'll tell you what if it, it, it i'd feel like that uh, there was a huge waste of potential if if stephanie doesn't you know uh fire me in the best you know meanest with fire with actually fire cool way possible yeah like, you've already been through a flaming table so it's got to be something else <laughs> a flaming chair or something fire you in a chair well, I think anyone will will agree emotional pain is far worse than physical, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so Stephanie will probably make me feel some of that emotional pain with the firing. And if it doesn't happen that way, like I said, I'll feel like a lot of potential has been wasted because she's great <laughs> in that role, and uh, I'm a fairly sympathetic character. And uh, I just, uh, it's got, it has to happen. Like it has, it has to come to fruition. I still remember when Stephanie was getting married to test back in the day and they staged all that stuff. That, that was crazy. Triple H is all mad and everything. And, oh, geez. Uh, yeah. They, know. they never run out of, you know, some, some ideas are better than others, but geez, we're there, you know, five hours now live every week, you know, no preemptions. Uh, some shows work better than others, but we're like always there. We're like the U S mail in that sense, you know, uh, through <laughs> rain or, sleet or blinding snow yeah wwe is going to find a way to be on that on that tv live and we love it all of america eats it up the world eats it up are you kidding me it's one of the biggest brands in the world yeah it's crazy it's crazy i think uh uh sports entertainment is in some way Corey, the key to world peace uh we can find it people have been you know have not found a way to coexist for hundreds of years and they go wait you like to watch guys in tights fight <laughs> Huge, huge. So, let's talk this over. Like, it's got to be a starting point, at least. You know, the starting point. Well, you are the man. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm gonna let you get back to your family and uh, have an awesome night. All right, thanks, Corey, and have a nice day. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Wow, what an episode. Thank you so much for making it through. Now listen, don't let your experience end here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com. There you can find all the information to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. We've even got a YouTube channel. So make sure you go check it out. Again, that's leangreendad.com. We've also got a free grocery shopping guide you can sign up for. It's a small three-part video series with downloads that you can take to the store cheat sheets on healthy brands and stuff like that so you can be just like Mick Foley but hey guys thank you again so very much and until next week this is Lean Green Dad saying keep going that extra mile for your family see you guys